0: live. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. Vlogcast comes from a skeptical point of view to answer some of the questions of why. This vlogcast started as a combination of spite and the Streisand effect because uh, it's cold and keeping my Nvidia card running is one of the easiest ways of keeping my house warm. Part of this is to follow through with the old adage that sometimes the journey is more important than the destination. I'm your main host. I'm known as Shujin Tribble. You can find me pretty much everywhere under that name. That's S-H-U-J-I-N, hi. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit of an interesting night, and it may be a relatively short night, and I'll explain why in a couple of moments. Joining uh, from the middle of the U.S., where surprisingly enough, there is not a snow bomb going off weather-wise, good evening, Bridget.
1: Good evening, it uh, might get some ice on Thursday though but mm. uh, how how are you doing? I'm kind of glad you don't live on the uh coast
0: yeah, true enough um uh, now I by the way for anybody that's listening at this point right now it is just the two of us. It may change we're gonna we're gonna see how this plays out. Uh, know for well that uh, unwindnow Tech is not going to be with us tonight uh he had another engagement that he's dealing with. So, you know, no big thing. we don't have to worry about weather wise for him, but I have had a number of people who have gotten in touch with me and are just like, uh hey, Shu, are are you okay yeah man what what are you, what are you talking about what's the matter? Are you gonna get hit with this like snow bomb <laughs> what what snow bomb?" And I had to look it up and it's just like, "Oh, that yeah, no, mm no not a problem for me. See where I live, for anybody that takes a look at the map. New York City. Pretty much everybody knows where New York City is because it's right at the mouth of that fish that's sticking out of the water. That's called Long Island. That's where I used to live. I am to the left of New York City and up a little bit about, give or take, roughly 500 miles. I don't remember how many kilometers it is, all right? Just leave me the frick alone about this one. But I'm I'm significantly inland, so I don't have to worry about that. What I have to worry about every once in a while is lake effect snow. That's fun. But yeah, I'm I'm okay as far as that's concerned. It looks like the majority of all that snow that's being hit, I guess it's really appreciable from a little bit south of New York City and going up the coast. So you know, up through Boston, I, I saw News reports from Boston were not looking really good. I did not check in to see what's going on with uh, PEI and uh, Newfoundland, Nova Scotia, that kind of thing. So I don't know how bad it is for them up there, but I gotta imagine yes, this, this is not really this is not really great. But where I am, fortunately, you know, no big thing. But thank you for asking. Um, like I said earlier, though, with the wise it didn't look like there was very much of anything going on. By you, by the way, which by the way, I did look at the Earth map globe, um, swirly things. You, 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 you remember, you remember that thing. I still have that bookmarked. I need to put that the, in the show notes.
1: Uh, uh, what was it? The uh,
0: uh the school dot thing, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, isn't that cool?
0: That is, that is, that is so much fun. That Isn't is, it? But it keeps getting you broken on Facebook. What the hell, man?
1: Oh, Facebook always gets uh zucks me for spam if I post any links to it. I don't know why they hate it, but I, they do.
0: I don't know. Maybe they're maybe they're misinterpreting all those little like tight swirly things as nipples or something. I don't know.
1: I don't know, but anytime I've ever pasted, yeah, posted a link to it or whatever, I always get zucked for spam. I'm like, are you serious?
0: Yeah, whatever it is. Anyway, so as I said, hi, yeah. Right now, it is just the two of us. We'll see. We'll, we'll see what plays. You know, if it turns out that it is just the two of us for tonight, which is possible, you know, we'll just, you know, we'll just kick back. Um, we won't go too terribly nasty, and we probably won't go that long. So we'll see from here. However, as always, if you do join us live, you're more than welcome to, you know, tappity-tappity on your keyboards and join us in the live chat over there, which uh, at the moment is just Stephanie. That's okay. Felice has got something going on for herself too. I have tried to remind her on multiple occasions not to burn herself cooking for whatever good that is. She's part cat. She doesn't listen to me. As far as drink is concerned, by the way, uh people gonna watching are probably gonna really wonder what in the hell I am drinking my Loganberry again, and I'm actually drinking it out of the bottle itself now, no, it's not the syrup that I'm drinking. There's very little syrup that was left, so I just filled the water in here. It's even more diluted than it really needs to be, so you know uh I figured. I'm. I'm only gonna have to, you know, rinse it out and get rid of the bottle. So I might as well just put it to use because it's gonna look cool on camera. Watch. Uh, although there is one small problem with doing that. Um, that's not a brain freeze that happens, but there is definite pain that goes on in the back of the throat and it's a very, very different thing from having a brain freeze and I'm an idiot. <laughs> Nothing new there, right? Whatever. But um yeah we'll see. Oh, and as far as to why do I have this weird pink fluffy thing around my shoulders? Yeah, I'm you know it, it's it's I did not go anywhere. I did not do anything so I decided that tonight, uh, screw it. I'm just wearing the big pink fluffy robe because you know what? It's it's one of those nights, man. I I, I don't whatever.
1: Freaking cold. It, it, well,
0: yeah. The, I mean that there is part of that, but you know, it, it's just one of those things where it's just like I just I just want to be comfy. Do I, do I have slippers to put? Somebody bought me years ago. Somebody bought me. Slippers, not just any slippers, but slippers with electronics in them. Because the slippers are shaped like little tribbles so that when I walk on them, they squeak. I don't wear them. You can probably imagine, I don't wear them around the house. partly because they, they're a little bit too small for my feet. I got wide-ass feet. So, you know, whatever. It is what it is. So it's going to be one of those nights. Oh, but otherwise, um, you're doing okay? I mean, w- yes, we were talking before the show started, but I mean, th- physically, you know, you're, you're harmonious for the time being, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of grogged out, but... That's all right.
0: All right, uh, there are two kind of cool things uh, I w- I want to tell everybody about because because I can, you know. Uh, granted, we don't have uh, we, we, we don't make a lot of splash out there in the podcast circles, but I don't care. Uh, two cool things that happened. One, I got to talk to uh, Tiny Triple on Friday. Um, he had a bad thing happen at school because he went back to college. 1 a.m., the fire alarm goes off. He's already been asleep for a little while. This was not cool. But, see, since he is in a quad, it doesn't matter which building it goes off in. Each of those four buildings go off, so everybody gets out. He couldn't get back to sleep again until almost 4. He apparently had a dream in French. I've never wow. done that in Spanish, but on the other side of the equation, I have had dreams about working, um, telephone sales. So, I mean, traumatic experiences do happen that way. It's, it's been a couple of years since they last talk, uh, last took French. So it was kind of funny for me. And the fun part, two words, Dean's list so nice. i'm i'm pretty happy about that he's doing pretty well uh three i forgot what he said three three eight i think is where he is at the moment
1: wow something like that
0: so fantastic he's he's doing good he's doing good i'm 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 really i'm really proud of him uh and the last item i'm gonna give you guys for those of you that like me don't get out very much like almost ever nominally today would have been, you know, the Saturdays where I would have gone out with uh, with my friends and whatnot, but the friends I would normally get together with or the uh, hosting stuff, they're gonna be going on a cruise or at least they're scheduled to be going out on a cruise specifically for uh, tabletop gamers. So it's a little bit more of a geek group, admittedly, So we'll see how this plays out. And um, so I've not been out. I'm probably going to get out sometime the next couple of days to, you know, actually do some food shopping. But um, I had to hook up my car to a a battery charger because um, I don't get out very much. And it's been negative 16 around here. If you have to ask negative 16, is that Celsius or Fahrenheit? Uh, It's negative. It doesn't matter at that point. It's just cold. But it turns out the uh, I had to fix sort of the card charger because the wires going into the clips that connect to the battery, there were only about, oh, I don't know, 10 strands of copper wire that was still connected anymore. So I had to take those apart, put it back together again, and it's fine. It's float charging outside, and I'm just leaving it go because, I mean... So long as the car so long as the battery doesn't explode, I'm happy. So if you're one of those folks like me and you are in an area where it's safe to do it i e you don't have to worry about anybody breaking into your vehicle, you might want to consider investing 50 bucks in a car charger and a really good extension cord to keep your car float charged just in case. Sideways on top of everything else, F- France, Joseph, good morning. You made it with us.
2: How are you? Uh, good morning.
0: How's the sound today? We're doing pretty all right at the moment.
2: Okay. I'm using push this talk from the get-go today.
0: No worries. I need to, uh, there we go. I need to bring your audio down a little bit because no, don't do anything. I had your audio turned up quite a bit from last time, and that is my fault. So I should have you pretty well good.
2: But no, it's not your fault because uh, I changed from Android to back to iPhone, so <laughs> changing yet again.
0: Well, no, considering that uh, I had your uh, I had your audio up to um, eh, almost as loud as my side would let it go, so it's I got to. I got it fixed up over here. Okay, good. So, well, uh, before I go ahead and jump into uh, anything else, how are you doing? Oh, It's been a little bit. Um, I'm hoping that you're staying healthy and safe and everything out over there.
2: Well, the numbers are way, way, way up uh, here, which is kind of amazing because uh, there's more than 500,000 or uh, 50,000 cases a day. Fifty thousand or five hundred thousand. Yeah, that has to be fifty thousand, yeah. But uh we're gonna soon be past the population of the country for the the number of infections here. But yeah, keeping up, sorry I didn't make it last week. Um yeah, once again, uh I stayed away until two three o'clock in the morning and not being able to wake up on time.
0: Dude, it's, it's, it's voluntary time. I'm not going to dock your pay or anything. Don't, you don't have to apologize. Uh, So long as we know that you're safe and healthy, that's all that really matters in the end. So no worries, but it is good to hear.
2: Yeah, you too, sir. We're not very many this week. No,
0: no. So things are uh, probably going to end up being, um, relatively short, which, you know, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Anyway, how about, uh, I go ahead and, uh, get things rolling over here. Uh, we'll come back. We'll have the, uh, uh, we'll be able to have the horrible scopes and, you know, have a little bit of fun, a little bit of fun, you know, kind of it from there before I r- r- launch into that. I did go look up for Rafe Badawi's condition. Nothing new at the time. So, as of the recording of tonight's show, it has now been nine years, seven months, 15 days out of a 10-year sentence for Rafe Badawi, who was unjustly incarcerated for thought crimes. Our hopes of thoughts are still with you and your family. We are still waiting. We're still hoping. So let me get things going over here. So five minutes on the clock for you. Your five-minute freestyle is going to start right now. Totter teeter. Now, I know. I know some people are just feeling like it's uh, verbal fingers on a blackboard. I-, I know. I know. I saw a thing about how there are unwritten rules in English. And one of them is that there is a certain way that things are supposed to work. And one of them also involved how vowel placement is supposed to work in sentence structure. So things like teacher, totter, it's supposed to be E, and then O, so saying totter teeter doesn't work. It's kind of the same way that you don't hear tock tick, tock tick. You don't hear clop clip, clop clip. We're just naturally, we just go to, well, tick tock and clip clop. Subsequently, teeter totter. The reason for doing this one is that we don't think about these things. We we kind of take these things for granted. We it's just the way that things are. And they're ingrained in us in in such an early point that we don't even think about it. It's it's the meta of conversation. It's the meta of communication itself. And I know, I know, a lot of people hate using the term meta right now because thank you, Facebook. Screwing over the company that's actually called Meta, but leave that aside for a moment. But it's the way that we do things, and we don't even think about it. One of the things that Bridget and I were talking about before we got started tonight had to do a lot with how you comport yourself in a professional environment. I'm not going to get into the complete details because the the details aren't completely relevant. But there is a way that we do things. There is an expectation of how we do things. And it goes with all things that we do. I mean, as part of a culture, as part of a society, forgive me for using the expression for a moment, we expect that people will behave themselves in a certain fashion. And conversely, we expect that we ourselves would deal with whatever in the same way. And that doesn't happen. That doesn't always happen. We've kind of talked about that in politics here in the US, how things have operated in the past, the expectation of how you're supposed to comport yourself has been subverted for the, well, dog-eat-dog mentality. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to get mine, and whether or not you get yours is, well, nothing to do with me, so screw you, I got mine. And that happens in business, too. The problem is, just like I had said a couple of weeks ago, where I want to be a conservative fiscally at the very least i want to be conservative for how government is supposed to operate but i can't because it doesn't work because greed gets involved and whether it's monetary greed or greed for whatever passes for you'll pardon the expression power You still have to have somebody overseeing. You need the checks and balances. You need some group to be able to just say, hey, uh, no, you're not playing by the rules. You need a referee. That's what government is supposed to do. It's supposed to self-regulate. And we are supposed to self-regulate how we behave. And we expect that businesses should do the same. So when you start hearing in business, the listings go up that say, well, there's a labor shortage, so we can't keep the doors open right now. So sorry, you can't get your $2 burrito today. And there's another sign attached to it next to it that says there's no labor shortage we're being treated like crap and we have resigned en masse. You know, you might want to really start thinking which one is being communicated correctly. Especially when there's a lot of this stuff going on back and forth in a lot of different areas. Episode 393 on the docket. Reality walks into a bar. I know, I know. It starts to sound like it's some kind of a, a a joke, unfortunately, but there there is a um there's a video that I linked for the show notes this time, which yeah, I know it's it's Richard Dawkins. I know, not the shining example that we would like. But the first part of the video is the important part. Where an older gentleman was there as part of the Q&A and said, you know, what do you say to somebody who has been involved with the church for, you know, 50, 60 years? What do you tell somebody at this point? That's the important piece. Not what Dawkins said afterwards, but the question mark of what happens to a life after all this time that's been you know, had half of its life sucked away by mythology. So we're going to kind of talk a little bit about this and kind of see where it takes us. Before we get on over to that, though, how about we do the horrible scopes because, well, Lord knows, we could use a good smile and a good laugh before we get into, you know, having to deal directly with Dr. Dr., uh, dawkins because i know i know don't tell me he's a bit of a tool sadly i don't say that because i want i don't want him to be a tool i don't want anybody to be a tool wheaton's rule yeah he kind of is yeah so for those of you that know what your astrological signs are cool here are your horrible scopes for the week if you don't know what it is Copy off of somebody else's homework. I don't really much care. Rolling. Aries. After a night of drinking with your friends, there will be a bright light and your car radio will jump frequencies to say, you will not be harmed. You will listen. You will decide. And there's going to be a black box with maroon pajamas in the trunk. Do not Lose the instruction manual
1: Horace plan for a short car trip this week. You could start by hooking up your car's battery to a charger to keep it from freezing cold in negative sixteen degree weather. Does it matter if it's Celsius or freedom units? either way, it's still brrr.
0: yeah. I, I occasionally have to tell the people that don't understand about Celsius versus heat freedom units. Once you get into negative Celsius, it's just degrees it's of, of of hurt. Yeah, it's it's exactly it.
2: Gemini. Your mental shortcomings are from a lack of adequate calories, minerals, and vitamins consumed. Next time you go, get the children's chewable multivitamins to help. You're already tasting it in the back of your mouth and salivate, aren't you? See? You never really do up.
0: I didn't want to name brand names, but uh, we, we all know which ones that is. Cancer Moonchild, there are seven states and four provinces that do not want your car driving on its roadways right now. Take a car in for service, but... Listen closely when they pull it into the bay. If you hear the mechanic narrating into his phone's camera and starts off with, customer states, it's going to be expensive.
1: If you don't know how to tell the difference between Peppers with 200 Scoville units and 2 million Scoville units, you will eventually be pranked by your friends. Keep a small can of condensed milk nearby for this eventual emergency. Virgo. Uh, take note of these names.
2: Ryan Reynolds, Bill Bixby, and Rhino Romano. You know what they have in common? They have repeated letters in their names and each played a double-letter character in Marvel properties. Wade Wilson, Bruce Banner and Peter Parker, respectively. What does this mean for you this week? I win at trivia night.
0: Actually, I had to look those up. That was actually really good. Libra, we've got a better trivia answer for you, and it's not T negative. How did Alfred the Butler learn Batgirl's secret identity? The Penguin wanted to marry her? sent his goons to kidnap a priest, and he allowed himself to be taken in the priest's place. Trust us, that is the right answer. Wow. Yeah. Scorpio.
1: Yeah, it's been a long time since I watched that, but wow. Yeah. You You didn't think that pitiful Windows Defender was going to keep us out of your computer, did you, Scorpio? Try this on for size. See, Documents and Settings, All Users, Application Data, Microsoft, Windows NT, Microsoft Fax. Why is there a file there called pbholydiver.rm? You know what rm is in Linux? Remove. This is your last
2: chance. Sagittarius. That Palm Pilot 3C looks super nifty with the color screen, you know. But sadly, the sync Space will no longer work with the new computer, since it won't have a communications port on the back. Time to retire the poor thing, though. Bring it to the pistol range and give it a proper road warrior's death. I actually have a Pompilot. I've got a couple of them. Waiting, I was cleaning my basement last weekend. And um, uh, yeah, <laughs> I've, got, I've got three of those in a box. Although, even the old black and white ones.
0: Matter of fact, the, the ones that I've got are actually the handspring visors. Try to hook it up. Even though it's got a USB base, um, the. Apparently, nobody is doing the drivers for those anymore, so I can't even connect it to the stupid thing, which really sucks. Oh well, is what it is. Excuse me. Capricorn, here's a little challenge for you. Listen to these names Jim Perry, Bob Eubanks, Wink Martindale, Bill Cullen. Snoop Dogg, Ken Olber, Bert Convy, Gene Rayburn, and Tom Kennedy. Do you know which one were game show hosts and which ones weren't? If you get the answer correct, you've been paying way too much attention to these names. Is it five? I'm I'm not going to give the answer.
1: You're like going to I, I do remember some of those names. You
0: should recognize some of those names.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yes. The idea of you having a date with someone purporting to be the Krampus has changed into imagining it's going to turn into a one-night stand. So we're giving up on this line of revenge. Instead, we're two-timing you. So here's your fortune cookie message for the week. Don't worry about the stock market, invest in family. Lucky numbers, 21,
2: 34, 22, 8, 43, 7. La <clears throat> Last week he told you to buy a bulb of garlic, not a pound of it. Storing the extra is easy. Just put each bulb into a sandwich bag, then each bag into a freezer bag, and only take out the bulbs as you need them. Just don't tell any Italians you have extra garlic because they won't understand the term or will send a four-foot-seven grandmother after you. And you will not survive that.
0: Those are your horrible scopes for this week. Remember, if you like what you got, uh, I don't know what to tell you. But if you'd like to bribe me, For a nicer one, or conversely, to be nastier to somebody else, you can always just ask. Bribery is not necessary, but asking would be. At least let me know that you're listening. I'll have these posted, of course, next week, and uh, you can look them up and see what you think about them. I've got to uh, to plan ahead a little bit, because uh, February 14th is coming up. And I have to specifically plan ahead for that because, uh, February 14th is not Valentine's day for me. It's Jack Benny's birthday. So I have to plan ahead for that one. Yeah. And I know there are a whole bunch of people right now who are just like, who? It's, don't worry about it. It's, it's, and
1: it's, it's, and it's going to be for second life, isn't it? I will be doing my, uh, uh, yeah,
0: I will do my traditional second life thing. Uh, On the closest Mm -hmm. Wednesday to it. Because, you know, I I love me some old time radio comedies because (laughs) there was a definite art to it. Oh, yeah. And it's hard to believe that Mel Blanc had his own radio show for a while and he did a minimum of three characters a night.
1: Wow. He he was a talented guy, though.
0: True that true that i don't know that he got paid three times as much as everybody else but you know he he no, he, he did his job probably. if memory serves i think he did make that joke uh on a couple of shows though you know if i'm gonna if i'm gonna keep no who was that no that was that was uh luke costello made that joke back in the day Abbott, if i'm gonna be doing two of these <laughs> if i'm gonna be doing two of these characters i want to get paid twice that didn't work <laughs> So anyway, so what we're talking about, like I said, on the, uh, uh, in the show notes is the sunk cost fallacy. And it's something that's really annoying because like I said, for the intro, you know, the idea that there are people who have invested so heavily for their lifetimes into things that simply are not going to pan out in any appreciable manner, you know, it, it, it hurts to see him. It hurts to see him, uh, do stuff like this. Now, like I said, the, the example that I had was the, the old gentleman, uh, no idea how old he was off the top of my head, but he, he had been a member of the church for a very long time, over 50 years. And, you know, he's like, what do you say to somebody in this situation? And that's, that's really it. Now, currently, We kind of have the same kind of thing happening with people who have sadly been sold a bill for the whole, I'm not going to get, uh, I'm not going to get, uh, vaccines. I'm going to go ahead and self-treat with whatever bullshit cure-alls are supposed to be happening. And then they get sick and then they go begging and pleading in the hospital. Not all of them, given that much, but there are some who are literally begging and pleading and gasping their last breaths, asking for vaccines. And the medical personnel have to be in the unenviable position of going, can't. It's too, too late. late. It's well beyond too late. And the problem of it is, for those of us who are not in those situations, who are looking at it from the outside, what the hell can we even do sometimes? Because there are some people that are going to say, you have to allow these people to make their dumbass mistakes, even if it kills them. And I don't know what to do with this, because that doesn't feel like it's the right thing to do either.
1: I, I, I don't know. Um,
0: medical ethics sucks, doesn't it?
1: I mean, it really, it really does. Um, I don't think what to compare it to. I mean, there were, uh, there was a story that came out two or three days ago, and I don't remember if it was New York Times, you know, Washington Post, whatever. But, yeah, there was a person that was, you know, on next up on the on the list to get a transplant. A uh, heart transplant, as a matter of fact. And yep, saw that. Yeah. And hearts are just extremely rare. And he just he's refusing to get a COVID vaccine. Other than that, you know, he was next up to get it. But that's a hill he's willing to die on and will die on. Without yeah. that transplant. And people are outraged over that going, well, it's not fair to withhold this organ from him because, you know, he, you know, he won't get a, a COVID vaccine. But, you know, it's, it's like that's just a requirement. You have to have all your vaccinations to get a transplant. It's like that in every facility that does transplants. And it just really, it sucks that he is going to leave behind, you know, wife and kids. And he's, you know, because he's too afraid to get the vaccine.
0: Yeah. The piece about that that uh, came to my mind at the time when I was reading about it was that, you know, if if somebody is going to get a a liver transplant, they cannot be drinking alcohol because – that's just, uh, that's just going to damage a valuable resource because you're being self-destructive. And Mm -hmm. if you're being self-destructive and there's somebody else that is not being self-destructive, who's got the better chance and who should get it at that point? So, you know.
1: Yeah. And, you know, but the thing about it is a lot of people don't understand that. And they're upset about it, but, you know, uh, some even pe- people were even making these like, asinine remarks about, well, can I make a provision in my organ donation that I will only donate, donate my organs to people who are unvaccinated? And it's like, no, you can't do that either. Um, you know, transplant teams would never do that. you are willing to go on the black market in another country and attempt it, but, you know. it's, It's like that is not how this works, people. And, you know, for situations where there is like one organ and there's five or six people that are good candidates for it, you know, they have transplant boards who will hash out who gets that organ and they'll look at like... You know, has this person had any psychiatric issues in the past? If they tried to commit suicide 30 years ago, then that might make him ineligible because, you know, because of a previous suicide attempt when they were a teen. You know, they'll look at their age. I mean, all sorts of things. It's hard to make the the decision of who gets it. And sometimes, you know, the, the board meetings are very contentious because they can't agree on who yeah, you know, it's like okay, we have to narrow it down to these three people. How do we choose? I mean, it's just you know, it, it's hard to make those kind of ethical decisions, and that's why they have boards do it. But you know, people have have taken you know an oath in medicine that they have to treat people who are sick, and it has nothing to do with their vaccination status or not. You know, they have to put those feelings aside. But compassion fatigue is a thing now. There are some doctors who are openly saying I would prefer not to have to do it, but I'm still going, you know, to, to treat people fairly, but I'm really tired of these unvaccinated people.
0: There's a piece about that that um, brings me over to the concept of triage.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: For anybody that's kind of wondering how that plays out, uh, watch a couple of episodes of mash and you can get a you can get a crash course if you will on what happens for triage somebody's gonna well, die uh, sorry
2: yeah it's, um but triage bit uh the triage is more uh an individual on the spot decision whereas uh organ donors are concerned uh uh the board it could big decision with the bit stuff. Uh, it's probably just as difficult, but uh I think the most stressful situation would be the, the uh the ER uh, the, arch, the arch. I did not want to imagine even imagine myself being in that position.
0: I agree. Uh what I was going to say though is that the the main difference between what we would see triage happening with mash versus real life obviously you know it's a tv series so you know the the rule of cool and drama you know takes takes precedent regardless but the idea of you have to ration out what is reasonable treatment wise against what can be done and You know, with with going against, not not against, but uh, dealing with boards, medical boards for transplants especially, you kind of do the same thing, you've just got a longer timetable to do it in. Yeah. And it doesn't make it any much easier, Lord knows.
1: I mean, basically how... These, these hospitals that are, you know, operating under crisis standards of care. um, Like, you know, suppose they have two ICU beds and they have nine people who need them. You know, they're having to make very quick decisions on, okay, who's going to get the most benefit from that bed? Who can we save? You know, there's going to be people that are going to die that if they were not having to, you know, if they were not overwhelmed at the moment, you know, they could save. But, you know, now they can't save all of them. And so there are people who, you know, maybe need a surgery urgently, but there's not a bed for them. So they're, you know, dying because they can't, can't find room. So what they use is, is uh, a point system basically. And so they'll look like if a COVID patient were to come in, you know, they're going to look at what kind of you have. They're going to look at your age, you know, all sorts of other factors, you know, and if you're diabetic, they assign you three points. If you're obese, they might assign you two. Um, You know, if you happen to have asthma or something like that, they might assign you a point. If your blood values are within a certain range, you know, they might take away points and, you know, they'll just add them up very quickly and the person with the lowest points gets the bed or gets the ventilator or gets whatever and the person with the highest points they're put in palliative care and that's how they do that <laughs> and it's you know it's 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 horrible for the person who has to make that decision but that's the only really fair way to do it and then just tally up the points and the lowest points wins
0: there was a line from mash that has never left me. And I'm trying to remember who it was that said it. I, I would love to look up right now, but if I go tappity-tappity on my keyboard, it, it just comes straight through the microphone. Nobody needs that. The line was, and I think it was Henry, uh, I, I, yeah, it was, I, it was. I'm pretty sure it was Henry Blake that said it to uh, Hawkeye. There are two things that I learned in Medical, God, I've forgotten exactly how it word, was worded, is that young men die in war. And rule two is doctors can't change rule number one. Because Hawkeye was just, he was he was stressed, he was tired. They kept having hour after hour after hour of what they referred to as meatball surgery, which was sew these kids up enough so that they can get transported somewhere else. And, you know, get them in, sew them up, keep them from bleeding out and dying, and ship them out as quick as you can. And that is – if any of that was real – even to any degree whatsoever, and from what I've understood, you kind of was, mm-hmm. I absolutely cannot fathom how some of these surgeons just didn't just walk into a, a minefield on their own and just lay down, you know?
1: Well, I mean, we're seeing that now. Yeah with, uh, you know, some doctors. Uh, Suicide rate amongst doctors right now and nurses is high. You know, especially ones that work in the ER.
0: And then we've also got the ones who are just up and quitting because can't do
1: it anymore. Just can't. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there there has been a huge resignation. Uh, Yeah, there are You know, people walking out, nurses are walking out, doctors have walked out. You know, but there are other ones that, you know, thought that they were doing fine, but it just went on for so long that, you know, they've gone home and shot themselves because they just couldn't anymore. It broke them. And the unfair thing in this country, and I'm really hoping that this changes, is, um, you know, doctors are. Especially at risk if they happen to, you know, go seek any kind of mental health care or you know take antidepressants or anything like that, because all of that stuff is reported to medical boards and they can lose their license. And I think that is so unfair. And you know, because a lot of them have PTSD now. Have, you know, they've been on a war footing for two years.
0: With no Non-stop. end in sight.
1: No end in sight. And I think to punish them for seeking any kind of of mental health resources is just grossly unfair.
0: Stephanie had mentioned, by the way, uh, talking about the guy that was uh, for the heart transplant, if he will not get the vaccine, it is predictable that he will not take his necessary medication after the operation. The surgeons have to use the few organs available on those most likely to survive, which is exactly right oh, look at this, we've got another Russian bot going on. Let's just go ahead.
1: Noncompliance is is absolutely a factor in in transplants. Absolutely. And, you know, another thing with COVID is, regardless of the variant, um, you know, if you've had a a solid organ transplant, you know, even with the best care in the hospital, your chances of dying are just astronomical.
2: Yeah. I
1: mean, and, and You know, I, I know this, I have, you know, I, I've seen it coming out of Illinois ever since this started, you know, back in February, 2020, when the first, you know, patients started showing up, you know, uh, you know, in the ER, shortness of breath and had to be admitted. And, and they are the ones that ended up being in ICU for months at a time on a ventilator and going into septic shock and dying.
0: Which, as a side point, by the way, not exactly a great way to die.
1: Nothing. Just saying, it's painful.
0: I'm not saying that there's any good way of dying. Well, actually, there is one. Well, good there's way of not,
1: dying. but unless they have you on fentanyl or something like that, which could depress, you know, your, you know, respiration rate and kill you, it is painful to go into multiple organ failure.
0: Yeah, well, I was going to say, th- there is only, arguably, w- only one good way of dying, and that's to have your entire brain, well, your your entire head just explodified in an in instant. Because there is no consciousness of pain, because it's just gone.
1: Yeah, or dying in your sleep, Yeah, That's – most most people are not lucky enough to have that happen.
0: There is that. Not advocating for people to go ahead and you know strap hand grenades to their heads and 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 doing that—that's a really bad idea. Please do not do that.
1: No, but people going into organ failure have to be given a lot of pain meds to be kept comfortable because that shit's painful.
0: And the idea that this guy would not take required medications at that point—um—a right on the money. B, well, they're not taking the necessary meds already, so yeah, it does kind of stand to reason that um, if you're not doing it now, probably not going to do it later either. So, again, another couple of points into the ticker there. No pun yeah. intended. Yeah. Now, what does all this medical stuff have to do with the whole the sunk cost fallacy and the religion part, well, it's kind of the same thing, just in a different way. Like I was talking about earlier, you know, older gentlemen, you know, 60s probably or more. You know, what, what do you tell somebody who's been involved with the church for 50 years? And we've seen what happens when people say, well, what the hell does atheism You know, offer to anybody. I know, this is looking like it's a real hard stretch for me to put these together. Trust me, I've actually got a thing in there. And the general answer is, you know, atheism really doesn't exactly. But there is camaraderie. There are people who have been there, done that, and come out the other side some with more battle scars than others, but still come through. And isn't that part of the problem? There are people who are in religion and some who are very high on the totem poles in positions of authority and power and prestige who lose their belief because of reasons. And well, now what do I do? I don't want to lose all the stuff because I've invested so much. I have all of my social stuff. I have my livelihood. I've got all this reputation. And if I change now, well, all that's gone and they'll just continue living out. Basically a lie. And to me, These two pieces are—they are not identical, but they share
2: commonalities. Well, they're both, in all cases. I don't know how to put this simply, but I mean, in all cases, there's people living outside of reality. People yeah. who, you know, what we were talking about earlier, there are people who are even willing to die for their, um, whatever ideology, we, we call it, I call it ideology, but, uh, a simpler way of saying it would be, uh, they're, they're, they're willing to die with whatever model they're imitating.
0: They're willing to die on that hill.
2: Yeah, because they don't seem to have any grasp or even any... They're not in touch with reality. Sometimes I would almost say that they don't even know what reality is. Like, reality itself is a concept for these people. It's like an opinion, which is very strange. But it seems to be the case. Where for people that don't make decisions for themselves, you don't think for themselves, there is no difference between the idea and somebody else's idea.
0: And it's it's so difficult for so many of us because we we look at a lot of this stuff uh, again from the outside. D- usually there there are some things that we can't really separate from, but we we do our best. I would hope. And we have to try to figure out how to connect with people who are in those situations to try to pull them out of. And again, this is the the whole thing where I was talking about earlier about how, you know, medical ethics sucks. The ethics of How do you pull somebody out from this mythological thinking? Do you do you keep trying? Do you leave them be
2: I don't know what it is, but it 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 doesn't seem to be rooted in weak the the means of getting them out of this because by what I can see, you know there's a divide between taking responsibility for your own life and you know letting somebody else do all the work for you and spending on somebody else's opinions and to really take take the leap and uh accept the responsibility of your own decisions over your own life. It almost seems to be like a switch in humans. I uh, imagine yourself on uh, yeah you've got uh cliffs and an abyss between them. And I mean it, it really seems there's something that has to motivate somebody to to make the jump across the the abyss to help thought And I, I think it's really that. I mean really how to motivate somebody to to think for themselves. I think that's what has to be done before anything because anybody who hasn't taken that leap who is willing to evaluate if somebody's not willing to evaluate anything it, for themselves, uh, they're just not going to listen to any reason.
0: There's that triage thing well, again, isn't it? Basically, if they're not willing what? to even examine, then is it even worthwhile?
2: Well, we have to try, but I mean, in trying, we're going to find out whether they're willing to. Do that. That's fair. And but if you're looking for an actual solution, um, yeah, we're going to have to be pretty.
1: Yeah, it's just it's it's hard at times because if you, you know, try to push too hard, you know, then you have that backfire thing where they will double down even harder. The- and there are studies, you know, that bear that out
0: is a certain point where the the asshole quotient comes into play.
1: Well, I mean not only that well, I mean not only that, it's just if you try to present people with, you know, facts and throw them factual information for some reason, it causes people to double down on their views. I mean there are studies that show this. Yeah. and And I don't know why it works that way you know uh what what causes that but it does
0: yeah we've we've talked about that before where oh. you know uh student uh students uh you know in uh grade and secondary school you know they're just like I-, I don't want to raise my hand and and have the wrong answer because then everybody's gonna see that i'm stupid even if that's not really the way that it works, but for some reason it's ingrained into so many things that we do.
2: Well, that's just the thing. In second and third grade, uh, you know, we're still in imitation mode. So, you know, but where everybody's pretending to have all the answers already. Um, yeah, it's, it, and at that age, it's, um, in survived by imitation mode, it's a bad thing to be wrong. You know, because normally whoever you're supposed to be following has all the answers. They always pretend to have all the answers. He, he's ever presenting themselves as, as an authority figure. But, um, I was just having a conversation with somebody, uh, where I'm working, uh, the other day and, and there's also a few articles about this. Uh, the beauty of being wrong. Because when you realize that you're wrong, well, you don't have to be wrong anymore. And the whole point of being right and wrong, basically, the best thing we can do for our own survival is make whatever is in our head match as closely as possible reality. Yeah. You know when you're you're edu- educating the kid, they giving give them all you know, inform them to the best of your ability of what reality is really like, and you're kind of gonna expect that one day or another. yeah, uh, your kid is gonna be testing whatever you taught them against reality. That's so all you're doing is basically preparing them, um giving them a thick enough textbook as you can so that they can take it and apply it against real life. But again, um, you know, somebody who's not willing to consider reality, well, what use is all that? Because there's nothing to be done.
0: There's that. Um, by the way, Seeker, good to see you over there. Thanks. It's been a while. Good to see you back. Um, yeah, you know, and it's, it's funny uh, the way that you kind of put that because you, you got me thinking about some teachers that I have not necessarily liked in the day exactly, but looking back on, I appreciate parts of what they did. And I'm specifically thinking of math teachers. If there's one thing that I taught my son is that with math, there is something that is very special about it because math is either freaking right or it's freaking wrong there is no in between however when i was in high school and you know doing algebra or or whatever the heck else it was that had like all kinds of formula i had i had several times where i had teachers that were just like look you got the wrong answer But following down what you did, I see where you made your mistake, and you were good up until you got to this point. So you're getting partial credit until this point, but I can't give you full because you didn't follow it all the way down. And, you know, if you just go by the nice hard facts of did you get the right answer, Mm, no, no, I didn't. The bane of my existence, by the way, was the goddamn decimal point. I hated that I kept screwing up where it was supposed to be, be that as it may. You know, maybe there is something to be said for being able to explain to people, look, you got things, you got things right. You know how things work up to this point, and this is the point where things start to get really dicey and, and. one would think that after a certain point in life, people would be able to theoretically listen to stuff like that and have some kind of an open mind to at least hear the points that are being levied. And there's so many of them that are just like, Nope, don't want to hear any of it. La 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 la. Can't, can't talk to me. Yeah. I, I ran into
1: that last night myself and, you know internet arguments are useless,
0: yeah, um, well,
1: hmm. but y- you know how we have trolls, you know, show up from time to time, especially you know what we're talking about, COVID vaccines and all that stuff, and they come out of the word work, you know,
0: you know, I start putting the keywords in the in the show now, man we're we're getting trolls, trolls i I know. like that. I actually I know. it feels like man, we've made it, you know,
1: yeah, but uh that happened last night on um I'm you know th- I'm not trying to like in- endorse a channel or anything like that but you know there is you know a YouTube channel called MedCram that's guild yeah you know, guild can't talk words that's geared towards you know me- uh, medical people but it's presented in such a way that average people can follow around very good channel and some of the you know, videos that they put out, you know, over the last nine years are, you know, um, a you know, good enough quality that they actually count towards continuing education credits and things like that. Nice. And you know, they're done by uh, Doctor Schwelt. He's an he's an int- int- intensivist, meaning he works in the ICU unit, and you know ad- addresses things as far as like yeah you know, clinical outcomes and does all sorts of things on you know making medical diagnoses on x-rays to ventilator settings and pressure and all this other stuff uh, you know it they're you know medical grade good videos so he put out one yesterday showing you know, graphs and studies and dosages and time on how the monoclonal antibodies work, you know, on different variants and, you know, showed these wonderful graphs and all this other stuff. And then, you know, showed where all of them, except for this one called, uh, I'm probably going to butcher the name, some, uh, works against Omicron, but all of the other ones were a hundred percent ineffective they just flatlined And as the variants came and went, you know it showed decreasing efficacy against you know the, the one from a from uh, original run and the one that came from you know GSK and all that stuff and it showed where you know it decreased because of the you know, escape and they had to increase the dosages and then it finally got to where when Ampron came along they had zero efficacy. I mean, it flatlined. And so he said, this is the only one that we have that works against Omicron. It, you know, started in development from the original SARS variant, you know, in 2003. And there's limited dosages, you know, but it will take time to ramp up the supply. And all of the trolls came out and said, well, why are you just, uh, ju- you know, trying to justify the FDA?" Uh, removing the other ones for emergency use and you're going to kill people and blah, 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 blah. And why don't you do a vaccine uh, or do a video on vaccine injuries and all this other stuff? And I'm like, wait a minute, that is not within the scope of clinical practice in an ICU unit. This is not in scope. What the hell, people? But, you know, he showed yeah, you know, the graph, the studies, all that stuff, and they lost their shit. And I'm like, Uh wait, what? <laughs> why? And then and then they're like, Well, why don't you test and see what variant you ha- you know somebody has before they're uh treated? And it's like um uh, because ooh, ooh. I can answer six, this one takes twenty eight days to get back. Other than that, I don't know.
0: I was going to say uh, they do, but it takes a little bit of time to figure that out. Because, you know, um, genetic breakdown and, and figuring it from there.
1: 28 days in the U.S. to get a sequence back. Now, some countries are faster than that. We suck at it here. You know, it's not an insta-test you can give somebody. And by the time you get the sequence back, you know, weeks later... Yeah, it's too late to intervene anyway. The treatment's gonna be the same regardless of what you have. But people don't understand that. We Let, we have a real problem with science literacy in this country.
0: Yeah, and you know, let's let's at least appreciate for just a couple of seconds the fact that this is even a thing. You know, this 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 sci fi technology is like real. We can do this. It takes time, but we can do this. I remember when when talking about uh checking DNA uh and, and genetic information against something else on file was just a oh yeah we're we're up in the twenty fourth century yeah let let me go ahead and uh, pull out my tricorder and I can I can get the information for you. Oh cool look here here it is. it's all broken down for you already. Remember when it used to be like sci-fi and just now nah, away in hell, man?
1: There was stuff that we could That's do, it. but it's not the, in the capabilities we have now, and people don't get that.
0: Joseph?
2: Yeah, I, I was just... Uh, it, it's magical thinking. Basically, there's no difference yeah. between um, that kind of science fiction and... Uh, Having an imaginary friend base good thing for you or imagining or imagining that you have superpowers um where you're able to do everything
1: yourself, I guess, but I mean, I mean between the damage that people like Dr Malone have done and you know ex Dr Andrew Wakefield I mean, it's just and it's it's harming our country overall you know uh as far as like our quote-unquote superpower status we've lost it China is quickly emerging and um I had mentioned to somebody that I had seen Neil deGrasse Tyson give a lecture I think it was back in 2015-ish I Something like that. It was a while back. And, you know, he was showing, you know, a good, I don't know, prognostication of, of where we were headed versus other countries. And by 2030, you know, we're going to be, you know, down at the bottom. You know, between losing the technology race and outsourcing everything and the dumbing down the society, we're toast. And we did it to ourselves.
2: Well, it's almost, somebody brought up the Darwin Awards, but I mean, you know, in this kind of situation, you know, people who survive by mutation, they get along just fine when the economy's good, when, you know, we have all the resources we need, Um, but in times like this, when we're... um, confronted with like a real dire situation well um people like this tend to be the first to go because they don't understand not only do they not understand how their behavior affects reality they don't understand how reality will affect them
0: and part of that kind of makes me wonder from the way that you're saying it if there is a correlation between the level of I'm not gonna say this right because I had it differently in my head. um the comfort level having uh having changed over all this time,
2: well, the comfort level we're seeing it in well already in change um you know people uh especially the anti actors. You don't like buying max, masks. That's the change from before. True. Um, you know, all the, you know, they, they can't walk into a restaurant as they want. They, they can't go, they, they can't, you know, move around freedom of movement as they want. It's already changed. So that's a drop in level of comfort, so to speak. And that's basically what they're progressing against, I think. Yeah. Um, Majority.
0: yeah, seeker, uh, Let's make sure that we we get this over here. Uh, Secret saying we didn't do it to ourselves; they did it to us. There is something to be said for that, and you know y- you're you're quite right in that. And there are going to be some people that are going to take umbrage to me for agreeing with that because we are the government is supposed to be the mantra is supposed to be the way that it is, but. As we pointed out once before, many times before, the current, at the very least, federal level for legislation, this legislative branch in the U.S., the average age, as I recall, is, well, it's kind of up there. It's not as old as I would have, uh, as what I remember it having been. Uh, I, again, I can't go tappity-tappity to find it out. So bear with me a little bit. But my government in the United States, the only way I can describe it is, it's old. It has a tendency now to be old. There are people who have been in these positions of authority for literal decades, oh. and that's a problem. That's a problem because there's no way of keeping up to date. There's no way of keeping up to speed. There's no way of pivoting quickly in order to find out, you know, okay, this is a bad thing that we just found out about. Okay, we should go ahead and we should take care of that. Let's go ahead and do that. There, there, there is none of that.
1: Well, I mean, where I was coming from, as far as we did it to ourselves, um, is, you know, I'm looking back at, what, 2007, you know, which is not that long ago, okay. where, you know, people who were educated were considered elitist and disparaged, and people were taking pride that, you know, that they couldn't spell and they didn't read and... That education was something to be derided and all of that. And that has taken hold in a big way in this country. And we're seeing it at the local levels, at the state levels, even some at the federal levels. And that's dangerous.
0: That's an extension. Uh, Talked about that before. That is an extension of the whole you're a nerd you're pigeonholed. You're a uh, social outcast, a social pariah. Whatever, whatever happens in the formative years, the early schooling years, and it's never been addressed. That form of social, you know, I I don't want to say f- social formation. I, I'm I'm thinking of the wrong. Uh, I don't know what the right term is off the top of my head for some reason. But, I mean, that's – these
1: so – The last 15 years have done a lot of damage to us.
0: Oh, it, and the worst part of it is, it's well before that that it was fomenting.
1: Oh, yeah, but that's when it really started taking off. And then now you have people that are sitting in Congress, like Madison Cawthorn, that are like, you don't need to go to school. I didn't go to college and I'm doing fine, and you know
0: <laughs> now there,
1: people are like I don't need to be in any position of power, I'm sorry
0: yeah there there is something to be said for you don't need to have gone to college. It is an incredible help. Oh, yeah. College university is quote unquote supposed to help you boil down life experiences that would have otherwise taken you, you know, a decade and a half to learn in various areas in hopefully a four year time frame instead, which, I mean, you know, think what you will about that. There is something good that comes out of that. Not everybody necessarily needs that, but, um, but as was, uh, as was pointed out, yeah, Stephanie, you're right. It started long before 2000. And there is something that I have said before. One of my grade school teachers had said to me and my class, you, meaning the class, you will be the first stewards of the 21st century. Reminding you that, and I will admit it, I'm 39 now, I was born in 1969. All right, I I might be a a little bit hazy on, on the age currently, but we were supposed to have been the stewards of this new dawn. And a good many of us didn't get that opportunity for a lot of different reasons, not the least of which was Remember how I told you how people had been in these positions of authority for, you know, literal decades? Well, if they stay in those positions and don't teach it down when they leave, perhaps because they have died, it happens, there's now a vacuum because there is nobody who has been taught how this stuff is supposed to work. Now, I'm not going to get into the whole, should it be a Republican, should it be a Democrat, should it be a conservative, should it be a liberal, should it be a – it doesn't matter. The functioning, how these things are supposed to operate, you don't get taught how it works, how it's happened. And because of that, these clicks that have happened that I can easily remember back in the 80s – of who's a nerd, who's a burnout, who's who, who's the perfect princess, who's who's going to be a, a, an unwed mother in six months after graduation, you know, all this stuff is there, and now, now that that has happened, where my my group has come through. And left that vacuum because we were never taught how to do it. We are now 20 years past that point. And the chickens have come home to roost. And it's continuing to show up and being magnified because it's just laying bad on top of bad. I yeah. feel like I'm not exactly explaining it quite correctly, and I, I, I apologize if, if if I'm not bringing it out correctly. I'm really hoping that I am.
1: Well, it, and to be fair, uh, you know, our generation, the Gen Xers, mm. in general, you know, we're kind of like. You know, we're in this weird place of being like a quote unquote sandwich generation to where, you know, we're having to work, well, not me personally, but some of us, you know, some people out there having to work two or three jobs and still raising kids and having to take care of elderly parents. And that's just a weird position to be in. It's hard to do all of that. And, you know, I, I feel like, you know, our generation kind of got, you know, started getting shafted education-wise. Um, you know, it started doing, you know, worse off than what our parents did. And really didn't have time to properly, you know, give to the uh, millennials and the Zoomers that followed behind us. You know, I feel like... um You know, we were failed, and I feel like we failed them, and it just kind of snowballed.
0: You know, it's funny you say that, because weren't, weren't we? I'm not quite sure where I fall into, and I I don't know that necessarily. Kids. That's what I was gonna. That's what I was gonna hit. That term doesn't exactly uh, have the weight that it used to. Latchkey kids. We are the one that's where chances are both parents were working in some capacity or other. So when we got home from school, you know, let's say, you know, two, three o'clock in the afternoon, we had a key. We let ourselves in and locked the door behind us and we did whatever it was alone away from any family for a couple of hours until the family got home.
1: Yeah. And ones that were working through at 11, yeah, they might not get home until midnight. Which was, you know, my situation. I would get home and have to do my homework and, you know, fix something to eat, you know, do chores around the house, put myself to bed.
0: And that wasn't the way it used to be. Did uh, uh, Joseph, without going too far into it, um, did you have to deal with that, or was that even a something for you up in Canada way? Or maybe you're
1: not did we lose you?
0: Well, it's still connected. I do not know what's going on. Did you, did you type something over in the discord thing? Let me see what's going on over here. Cause see somebody. Oh yeah. He was typing over in the, okay. Yeah. He stepped away. That's mm, okay. You know what? This this is this is why it's good. I keep my phone nearby. <sighs> Anyhow,
1: okay.
0: Here's <laughs> what it is: the whole thing with the latchkey kid thing. Like I said, with with so many other things, you know, it never used to be that way. Because, well, I mean, there were a lot of different factors, not the least of which was one person went out to work, worked a, worked a nine to five and eight to four, came home and earned enough money for a house, a car, vacation to support a family of five, give or take. I'm including some families that, you know, had pets instead of, you know, that third kid. Don't really need a third kid. But mm. uh, it, secret, no, Joseph will be back momentarily. And I kinda wonder, you know, if things had if things had been different economically would that have made it easier for for our generation to support itself and to move on into these other positions of learning and authority and legislation and such to help keep moving things along? I don't know that there's any way of really answering that, but it's one of those things that's going through my head right now.
1: Oh, I mean, it's it's something to think about.
0: I don't know who's been doing it, but I saw that there was somebody on uh, on Twitter that's been posting graphics of how things have happened economically and pointing out specifically that uh, how things were before and specifically after Ronald Reagan, meaning. Mm-hmm. 1980. Yep. It's really interesting to see how this stuff has happened. I don't know that Reagan was necessarily the, uh, the, the, the flashpoint, but he was definitely the bell ringing of bringing it all on like crazy. Yeah.
1: Well, that's
2: Reagan was, Basically, with the point, you know, in the past, um, we used to try different techniques to assert an authoritarian control over people, you know, what they think, uh, how they behave. But um around the Reagan era, um, whoever's running things, all the people actually doing the real thinking in our society understood that, uh, people are basically, um, they're going to police themselves. So if you put, um, yeah, I keep on using this push to talk, but it keeps on, for some reason, it keeps on cutting off, uh, halfway through. So sorry about that.
0: No, you're, you're coming through fine right now. But,
2: Okay, my phone's not detecting my finger. But, um, you know, the people who um, were who the real decision makers in our economy and all that, well, uh, they discovered that if they just push the right people to the front and get them to say the right thing, they don't have to do anything. They don't have to be up front asserting authority, authoritarian control. They can be in the background. Whereas, um, you know, um, uh, their puppets will be taking all the responsibility. They're, they're, they're gonna be like Not the people actually making the it decisions. It's a new way of running a, a country. Because you see in the past, uh, have always had a central figure that was up front. Who always, uh, took the fall in the end. But, um, and the new evolves the economy while the people make the decisions, they don't have to be in the spotlight anymore. They need you set the stage in a certain way um, uh, people are gonna behave in a certain way, and um yeah, they don't they don't even they don't even have to be present.
0: kind of makes me wonder if. What what we now refer to as the grift was kind of fomenting, even then. Why bother working hard when you can just set the rules in place so that you're always just gaining anyway, and you don't have to do anything else after that?
1: Well, I mean, I think so, because, I mean, he's the one that came down with that whole, you know— trickle-down economics.
0: Yeah, whichever economist it was that threw that one into his lap, I would really like to kick him right in the nards.
1: Yeah, because that that myth is still perpetuating, and it will never, ever be true. It has never worked.
0: And I've uh, I've seen the thing that kind of goes along with it that says, yeah, we've tried it for 50 years. It doesn't work. It's now time for something new.
2: But the the whole of the economy seems to be working on that principle, uh, trickle down. Mm -hmm. Um, The levels below are always hoping for the scrap falling from the table above. At every level of the economy.
1: And it's never happened. And, yeah, yeah, the the other side of the coin on that is with his, you know, doing things like firing you know, uh, air traffic controllers and all of that stuff that put fear into people of standing up for themselves because that was a huge blow.
0: Agreed. Agreed. And the, the problem with what you were saying, Joseph, I'm not disagreeing with you, by the way, not that these people are, uh, at down a certain level are, you know, just waiting for these scraps to come down and, you know, trying to gobble them up when they happen is that the people who are over a particular level are just, you're going to go ahead and you're going to give me the biggest piece of the pie, right? Good. And we're going to go ahead and we're going to make sure that you keep staying there so you can keep giving us a piece of the pie. That's good. Good. Like I said, the whole, you know, keep, keep that thing just rolling because they can keep that rolling.
2: There's a dividing point in the economy towards the top where, um it, when you have a major part of the population, because basically, as consumers, what we're doing is pushing our money up. And, uh, when somebody finds themselves, uh, somebody towards the top of the pyramid finds themselves in a position where they can, um uh, accumulate wealth from, uh, a good part of the, uh, the population. Um, the effect is actually opposite. Um, where those at top will basically share the resources, which, other which is the greater population's money. Um, you know, amongst themselves. That's where all the maneuvering and mergers and all that, that's, that's where that's happening. But below a certain point, it's trickled down. And it is trickle-down. I mean, that's how it works. Uh Trickle-down, you know, trickle-down economy, um, <clears throat> whether it exists or not, doesn't have anything to do with to what extent it works. You know, if the, the people at the top are taking 90% and passing down 10%, then, well, trickle-down economy is still there, but it's just, it's dripping. it's not flowing.
0: Yeah, there is a certain problem with all that. And as a secret, no worries, take care of yourself, please, from, from all of us, stay safe, stay healthy. Don't worry about how long it is next time we see you. Just know that we just want you to stay safe and healthy, man. Take care of yourself, eh? And Stephanie had pointed out, you know, there's nothing new about this. You need to go back a couple centuries to see when this operated before, but it's not new, just selfish. It's true. Yeah. The, the selfish the, – the, this is what I was saying earlier. You know, I would love to be able to be, you know, a, a conservative as far as to government oversight, but <laughs> the selfish nature that keeps happening – has the requirement for a referee to keep everything playing on a level playing field. And that playing field is tilted heavily and steadily has been tilted. And that's, that's part of the problem. And the, the piece that kind of um pulls these things together back to the, the overall, well, we've been, we've been, Doing this trickle down thing since Reagan, and it's been 50, 60 years almost. So, I mean, we've been doing it for this long. Why change it now when we've invested so much after all this time? Why change it now? I'm sorry, I would really, really like to go ahead and stick a finger down my throat with how this feels, but I mean, I really don't feel like you can on camera. Thank you very much.
2: I'd like to make a correction. to you know, sure. really What I said earlier. Because um, it wasn't so much before trickle down. Yeah, I'm going to have to think about this a bit. But it's more um because when the flow upwards is greater than the flow downwards, then Effectively trickle down, doesn't
0: it? Yeah. See, the problem is the way that trickle down had been sold to the public back in the day. And I still remember this. It makes sense if, if there is an honest effort. The idea that it was sold to us, and and Bridget, you might remember a little bit better than me because you are a little, you're just a little bit older than I. The way it was sold was, if we give extra money to the companies themselves at the toppest points, they will then be able to invest in giving more to the people underneath so that the company can invest in getting better equipment, so that the people who are working can be paid higher wages, so that Things can flow down, as Joseph said. The economy would actually flow down to the people who, well, should be making the money. But it never really left that top pot, except in little drips and drabs of stuff that was just kind of sprinkling over the sides of the larger and larger cup at the top.
2: That would be a thing of all the money invested in a company through uh, all the money and all the work invested in a company, even through the, you know, from the television itself, the, the lowest cleaner in any company. If all that investment was maintained in the company, that that would be a thing because, you know, all the work of everybody is uh, an investment to the well-being of the company, which is Good for everyone in the company. But what makes the situation bad is that it's all this investment goes to the top. And then all the shareholders at the top, well, they just lop off all the, uh, they just lop it off. It isn't even, there's nothing to trickle back down. Once the money goes outside of the company and the shareholder pockets or whatever, it's never going to go, it's never going to trickle back down.
0: No, that's exactly right. People at yeah. the very top, quote unquote, executive level, the people who've got, you know, business cards, or at least those that used to still have them, they're the ones that end up with literally millions upon millions of dollars to be in the position that they're in for whatever, whether they do anything or not. And then millions upon millions of dollars to leave and. Go to another company at a similar level to get another millions upon millions of dollars and potentially crash out uh, a company while trying to lower stock prices so they can buy stocks and then bring the company back up to fruition and sell stocks at a much higher level at that point. But if they crash a company and all these people lose their jobs, well, oopsie. I'm specifically looking at frickin' you, Toys R Us.
2: Yeah, basically taking a company's profit and going to the casino with it. Yep.
0: I was going to specifically, I I was instead going to Target, believe it or not, uh, Commodore. uh, Commodore Business Computers with the the Amiga and the guys that came in and basically crashed the company and... and Killed off an incredible piece of computing hardware, but it's a little, it's a little niche for some people, but Toys R Us. I mean, Hey, who doesn't remember Toys R Us? Oh, that's right. Canada still has Toys R Us because they were a completely separate entity. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, and the, the thing that I don't understand, you know, why? businesses don't try to invest more in employee retention you know i i realized that okay they're making money for their shareholders and yeah you know, trying to be cheap and all this other stuff but if you look at places that have high turnover rates it costs money to keep retraining people And it just, it seems like to me, if they would just take a little bit of the money and try to keep employees around with knowledge that have been around for 10 or 15 years, they would be a lot better off.
0: But we saw how well that worked for Circuit City. Yeah. We talked about that one. Circuit City laid off all of its well-paid employees who were the ones that had the experience and... Well, there are a handful of you who are listening right now who are just like, what's Circuit City?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: That's my point.
1: But, yeah, you know, I did happen to see an article earlier, you know, today that's, you know, specific to the industry that I'm in now.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Where, uh, you know, a bunch of the IT people were all let go and all the IT was outsourced to India and caused so many problems that, you know, the doctors were all in an uproar because the customer service was horrible and it was taking them, you know, days to weeks to get their, you know, uh, computers functioning and things like that, that they decided... <gasps> maybe we need to move some actual competent people back in-house because this isn't working out so well. And I'm like, gee, who would have seen that one coming? I mean, I'm surprised that they finally decided that they needed to pull people in-house to do Uh, the work, but I'm like, uh, yeah.
0: (laughs) I would have known. I'm pretty sure I would have known.
1: Yeah, but we're talking you know, a, a hospital system that covered several states. And it's like, why would you, what were you thinking? They weren't, they were trying to get as much profit as possible.
0: I'm glad you said it. Cause I was about to,
1: you know, and, and maybe paying people you know, the equivalent of $3 a day to, you know, do all of your it stuff, all of it. They did not have a single in-house it person on staff anymore yeah, maybe that was such a good idea. You know, some, some people are finally starting to catch on. You know, and, and I I hate that we had to go through a pandemic and all this other stuff and that we've had a lot of people in the service sector die. Yeah. You know, manufacturing and people who were, you know, quote unquote, essential workers that died early on. But you know, it is causing a, re- a realignment in the labor market in some places. And I think that that's a good thing.
0: A change from let's celebrate all the essential workers to why don't you all get back to work at this minimum wage job, which is under a living wage? And it's
1: not happening. People are refusing to do it. Yep. And even locally, as bad as wages are where I'm located. McDonald's is now starting out new people or they're hiring people at $16 an hour plus depending on experience. I never thought I would see that happen here. Ever. They were paying them eight and a quarter pre pandemic. And it's about damn time. But they can't get people willing to work for eight and a quarter an hour here anymore. People just will not do it. And you know what? I say. I would Good on them. I'd be like, cook your own damn hamburgers, you know? Because uh, customers were still wanting food. They just didn't have any employees. <sighs>
0: We're getting pretty close to having to wrap up and i uh, I don't think I've got very much left in the tank for me um the only thing I've got left to to say about the whole damn thing is i'm I'm 52 53 this year you know I'm not as surprised as I used to be not by a long shot physically. But my generation grew up with one of the most amazing changes, technologically speaking. Some of the most amazing social upheavals when we were young. And as somebody pointed out, all these times where you forced us to say the Pledge of Allegiance... And there's this little section in there that basically says, everybody should be treated equally and fairly. And now you wanna get all upset because we actually wanna follow through on that. You got us to live up to the original Star Wars idea, that maybe, just maybe, we can actually make a difference against the big evil yeah, what do you think is gonna happen? I just hope that it still happens.
1: I did see one that I really like that Rebecca Hensler um she you know is uh heads the uh Grief beyond belief group and you know is uh I think she's a school counselor or something in California. But She she put one on Facebook that I really, really liked, you know, instead of calling them, you know, unskilled workers, maybe call them, you know, non-degreed workers. Because all of these jobs, even if they're waiting tables or whatever, require skills. And, you know, she's college educated and she teaches in a school, but she said there's no way that she could be, you know... Waiting on tables because she'd be dropping things everywhere and not able to keep orders straight in her head and all that. These all require some sort of skills. And some people really suck at those skills. If I had to go re-roof a house, I'm not capable.
0: You might end I'm up dead.
1: i an unskilled person. It's a skill I don't have. So maybe we ought to stop denigrating those people.
0: something for that. Joseph, what do you, what do you want to end up
2: with? i mm, got much like together,
0: All right. That work out fine. In that case. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I apologize. I'm, I'm a little, uh, I'm a little more tired than I Otherwise, normally would have been. I just realized and I'm not quite sure why. But uh, you know what? We got to the end of the show. That's all good. So, guys, as always, thank you very much for being with us. Hope that you found something worthwhile in all of our perspectives and you got something to think about for the week ahead while you're um, trying to dig out in some areas of the North American continent because snow boston man jeez. you know i I, i'm I'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna say it you know boston you guys are right there on the on the seaboard you could get hurricanes you don't usually but every once in a while you kind of do and now you're getting hit with this snow yeah that it's normally not supposed to happen that way but um it's what you get being that close to canada so you know guys could move, I guess you could move down to Florida and take over, over there. That that'd be really nice. Just, just thinking out loud. Anyway, uh, over the chat, uh, seeker had to take off, take care of yourself, Stephanie, you take care of yourself too. Uh, and, and Stephanie also said, you know, the good side of the plague, it did not last very long in the middle ages. Well, uh, yeah. Yeah, there is that. I don't know what else to say on that one, but I mean, it's true. I mean, if if that's your way of saying, you know, maybe it wouldn't be so bad to kill off a third of the population of the world. Uh, You know what? We could start with uh, people who are in legislation and kind of work backwards from there. And and, I mean – Thinking out loud.
1: Well, I mean, there are, you know, actual segments of, you know, certain people's constituencies. Uh, not going to have to identify whose, that, uh, <laughs> you know, Darwin is having their way. Sadly. Florida. And- <laughs>
0: I don't know if anybody else noticed how much there was uh, an emphasis on the duh part, but you know, I'm perfectly understandable.
1: Yeah, give the duh in Florida. Joseph,
0: you take care of yourself. And like I said earlier, you know, it's good to have you back. You take care of yourself, huh?
2: Yeah, you too, sir. And all of you. Appreciate it.
0: So, Bridget. Who shall we go ahead and say a gray and old FU2 this time? Cause I got a couple people that I'm thinking of, but at the same time, I'm thinking more along the lines of tick-tock, tick-tock. Or talk tick tock tick.
1: i I'm, I'm actually gonna say Joe Rogan at the moment. For unleashing Dr. Malone. On people and getting him more exposure. Fuck you, buddy. And had it not been for you doing that with him, then we wouldn't have all of this drama over Spotify in the first place.
0: That's a whole other thing right there, isn't it?
1: So tired, Jason. I am just.
0: No, I, I, I get you. Um, last item, I, I just want to say as a, a, a general F you to this feeling of why aren't things happening in law enforcement and justice happening faster? Anybody else who's feeling the same damn way, you're not alone, but just remember I forget exactly how the line goes, but the wheels of justice turn slowly, but turn they do. Yep. There's a reason why they describe it that way. Go look up the old information on what an old mill grinder used to do with a couple of big old pieces of rock figure it out and you know everybody thank you very much for being with us uh if you'd like to be in touch and get all our contact information and get the audio version of the podcast take a swing over to holycrapthevlogcast.com all the stuff is right over there for you phone number if you'd like to leave a message uh not that it gets used very often it's 859-HCTV-554 country code 1 Eight five nine four two eight eight five five four. We'll be back next week, uh, assuming that you know nothing untoward happens. and just know that we're gonna keep doing our best to be here for you. It's not always fun, it's not always pretty, but Lord knows, it's good to have a place to come to to talk, you know. So till the next time we're together, everybody, as always. I wish you the peace I no longer have. I wish you the strength that I've learned. I wish you well. My lady, it is going to be too damned many years later. But I'm still in love. Matane mm. Fujin. I love you. I miss you. Dream with me. Till the next time we'll get together, everybody. As always, good night. You've been listening to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. Feel free to leave a comment at the show's website at holycrapthevlogcast.com, where you'll also find links to our Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter pages. Theme music is Twisted by Kevin MacLeod, available at incompetech.com. And on behalf of all of us here, thank you for listening.